Welcome to today's show. I'm on the podcast, Global Citizen Life. We have Cristiano Bellucci. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Sally, for having me here. And so you are originally from Italy, but have left quite some time ago and made Germany your new home. That's true. Uh, I think I was uh, quite lucky when I was younger. I have uh, an uncle who grounded a new university in Perugia, Italy, uh, which is uh, a mix of uh, marketing and tourism. So I had the chance, uh, I was really lucky, to travel with him uh, quite a lot. We used to have uh, one, two big trips uh, every year, traveling really in the every continent and this is where uh, since i was uh, maybe 10 or 11 i used to travel with him uh, everywhere and i was exposed to the different countries different uh, personalities cultures uh, and i found that fascinating so that uh, when uh, i arrived to the point uh, in which i was uh, about five years into my work i was still in uh, rome i thought uh, you know what the world uh, is nice uh, i can travel somewhere i can uh, experience something new something different uh, and uh, i sent my cv in uh, europe at the point was uh, europe the easiest way i was lucky i got a few uh, positive feedback from uh, um, france uh, ireland uh, uk and then i chose one in germany that it was not as a country my first choice but it was for uh, the company it was uh, I'm, I'm a computer engineer and uh, it was uh, one of the first uh, search engine uh, that came uh, even before google so i thought to myself okay i can go there and uh, i guess uh, as many of us do <laughs> i thought uh, okay i go out uh, one year two years stops mom i'll come back with you <laughs> i'll come back to rome rome is beautiful yeah, I changed so much. After one and a half year, the company shut it down. And then nevertheless, it was easier for me to find another job in Germany rather than come back uh, to Italy. And uh, after there, uh, I was uh, just so happy. I saw the positives of uh, the economy on one end, of uh, how people are nice uh, with each other, how polite and well-organized they are, that after a while uh, I then got to know um, yeah, my wife, uh, who is then uh, Scottish, we decided to move here. Yeah, we, we actually met in Romania. So then eventually she moved from uh, Glasgow to Munich, where I was. We had uh, a son who was born in, uh, in Munich. He, he has now three nationalities. And uh, to be honest, uh, we are just so happy to live uh, here in Germany. That's great. And so obviously for now, maybe not obviously, because you you moved quite some time ago. So did you now traveling through Europe, going Italy to Germany is, is very easy to move. But you moved, I think it was about 15 years ago. Was it still that easy or did you have to go through um, kind of the more of a longer process? Because I my memory is not great with when the European Union started the free travel between all the Schengen countries. Sure. No, that's correct. Uh, uh, it has been uh, about uh, 15 years ago, and uh, we were already part of the EU where it was easy to move. But then, you know, it's easy if you have a job. If you don't have a job and you need to go through all the bureaucracy, 
yeah, even without a job, then uh, it's pretty much impossible. I saw people uh, trying, but it's uh, it's not working. So then uh, when I moved, um, I was uh, it was easy for me because uh, part of the EU. But then uh, I really have to say thankful there was a, a friend of mine at work so a new friend that I got to know there who helped me with all the bureaucracy which was really I mean already now after 15 years after I have a good level of German I'm still struggling with the, the local bureaucracy unfortunately that's every government in the world the bureaucracy everywhere everybody I talk to on the show and I ask about kind of maybe the the struggles or the negatives a lot of the things are the paperwork and bureaucracy. Um, and, and I don't know, I don't know that the consistency is no matter where you move to, there's going to be some struggles and the bureaucracy is definitely one of them, no matter where in the world you're going. Yeah, indeed, I agree. <laughs> I mean, we just got uh, uh, married with uh, my wife uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, then we were living already in uh, Germany. And then at the point uh, I didn't have the German citizenship, she is uh, British and we needed to consolidate all the documents uh, in an international format, uh, a little bit from uh, the UK, a little bit from Italy. Yeah, it was really painful. Even back then, uh, even coming back uh, to Rome just to get uh, my birth certificate, it was the time of COVID, so with the mask, and uh, the person was there looking at me, is it really you? Yeah, it's me. I know. Take off your mask. I took off my mask. Okay. Yeah, you have a lovely suntan. Yeah, I've been in on holiday. It's still me. Look. Look, clearly your picture is of me maybe 15 years ago, but I'm still old registered. So it's really tricky and uh, it's never ending. And that's really something that, uh, uh, yeah, you, you will not find uh easily. Also recently I started my uh, side uh, business and uh, starting everything again in a different language. Even if uh, quite a lot of uh, procedures are online, makes everything easier, faster and so on, you always have the, the question mark, uh, did they do everything correctly or uh, the tax uh, will come and say, hey, in the last past year, 10 years, you did everything wrong and you need to pay all back. But so, Anyway, it's uh, it's part of the game, I guess. And how how is that process to start a, a company or a business in Germany? Is it, in the sense, like quite easy to to register and and get it started, or is it like in in Canada generally we can go to a registry's office if we want a specific name, they'll search it. If it comes back great, we pay some money, and pretty much then we're done. We take those documents to a bank, we open up the bank account, probably within a day or two, again, done. So, I mean, this is my memory from when I lived there more than 10 years ago now. Um, but it, it was basically pretty smooth and, and pretty easy. Is it similar in Germany or is are there more hoops to kind of jump through to starting a, a company there? Right now, it's the process is pretty much similar. And uh, I think that uh, particularly few cities like Berlin and Munich uh, that are very international, they have uh, some uh, hubs that uh, explain you also in English, what the procedures are, what options you have. Because uh, as soon as you start looking 
deeper what type of company you want you need to open and what procedure you have how much money you need to put up front what credentials you need to bring becomes really tricky and difficult fortunately there are there are these centers that are, uh, even at the beginning uh, they try to give uh, information for free and help you to go to the right path and particularly if you want to start out uh, you go you go with the easiest paths and there are so it's fairly easy eventually may take a little bit uh, may take a little bit of translation but you can do anyone really can do and um, and you just start eventually if you see that uh, you need to adjust uh, you need to fit uh, better into different categories or even your business uh, develops into a different direction then you can change uh, and adjust also the government uh, i mean tax is always looking for getting money from you so if they see that you can fit into a more higher paying spot they will do i also see in general that you know munich is quite famous for italian restaurants here so there's a lot of people coming maybe without high knowledge of it deep knowledge of german and nevertheless they manage to to open up and to have their business up and running i believe also the government is fairly nice uh, with you understanding that uh, you may have a different context, uh, different issues, uh, as you said, from language to tax, uh, from practical things, and uh, they help you figure out uh, what to do and how eventually to change. That's great because, I mean, it is beneficial for, for them as well, right? When people want to open up businesses, obviously then taxes are paid, they're employing people, hopefully eventually, and, and growing. And so it it benefits the government, it benefits the economy as well. And so to make it um, as smooth as possible is is always a, a good thing. It's it's a bit different in Spain. Spain is the it just seems like they don't want people to open up businesses there. The amount of paperwork and documents and stuff. I have a friend of mine who is just going through um, getting her her company set up. Um, in Spain and and she just said it was it was a bit of a nightmare and she's like it just feels like they don't want people to be starting businesses there so um, I haven't opened a business or, or self-employment or anything in Spain even though I do I'm not residency there but she says it it was quite challenging so um, a friend of hers actually opened their company I want to say in Italy I, I might be wrong, but I want to say they found it easier to open in Italy and then have the company in Italy and then just paid themselves as an employee salary and, and lived in Spain. But it was easier for them to, to open in Italy. So, you know, it's just something to, to think about, depending upon if listeners want to open business to be which what countries are business friendly, because most times. I find people are interested in a few countries. If they're their first time move abroad, they're like, well, I like this place, this place, and this place. Great. If you've got it narrowed down to three, then it's to look at the cost of living. You know, if you're going to be having a, a company, which one is the easiest or, or makes more sense for what you're doing? Taxes could be another thing to, to consider as well if, if you're unsure. And I know sometimes people are like, nope, this is where I'm going. And it's like, great, you're sure? Then, you know, everything works. You know, she opened up her business. You, you're making things work in Germany. There's things that work. And it's just, we realize that sometimes things take a little bit longer. Some places, things are a little bit harder. But it's, I always say when there's a will, there's a way. 
and, totally and things get you. done. Yeah, totally agree with you. When uh, also I started, uh, as I said, my wife is uh, British. We considered to open uh, our company, my company there because of uh, tax reasons. In general, uh, you can have uh, um, some spots, uh, some areas, islands, sometimes uh, uh, tax-free even, mm -hmm. that it's particularly beneficial, but then you need to live there, like Jersey. But then uh, uh, in general, the tax, uh, the amount of uh, money that you pay is relatively lower than uh, Germany or Italy. I think it can go even uh, to half of what you pay there compared to here. So then it's, uh, it's very attractive. Uh, anyway, sometimes uh, I think when you are uh, in a specific uh, country, it becomes easier than uh, to discuss uh, with the local authorities and to try to move on. I found, uh, for example, the bank is one of the key. Sometimes uh, if you are uh, remotely, becomes difficult to find uh, a bank in the country where uh, you want to open uh, your business. If you start everything uh, in a country and then you move, it uh, becomes easier. Otherwise, uh, it's um, yeah, being local, it's... Um, yeah, it's probably the best. Do you think uh, in Spain uh, is more about uh, the language or the amount of uh, details and bureaucracy that they require? I think it's the details and the bureaucracy because she's um, she's fluent. Yeah, she's fluent in Spanish, and so she's she she doesn't have that issue. But she just said that like it it's kind of one of those things that happen in several countries. It's like well, you need document A. But to get document A, you have to have document B, but you can't get document B without document A. And, and it's kind of that vicious cycle of things until somebody, then it becomes the luck of you finally get somebody that says, okay, I get it. I'll give you this document. When you get that document, you know, bring it back in and whatever. And, and they kind of work, but it's, it is one of those, those things. And I've, I've talked to a few people that said it is um, to uh, what they call an autonomo in Spain to be self-employed. It is very, very challenging. And then the monthly fees that they have to pay. And, and part of that does cover healthcare. And so to me, I'm like, well, that makes sense because there is like private and public healthcare there. Um, and once you're resident, it's, and it's great healthcare. It's really good. About the same as Germany, I'm sure it's a very good healthcare there as well. Um, and so, yeah, that, I mean, that takes money. And that, to me, that's normal because in Canada, Part of our tax money goes to healthcare. Everybody's like, "Oh, you get free healthcare in Canada," and we say, "Well, our taxes pay for it, and we we pay pretty high taxes." So, you know, technically it's free, but no, it's really not. Um, and and so sometimes it's looking at that because then I I talk to some people from the United States, and they're like, "Oh, but taxes are are more in Europe." And I said, "But what do you get for your tax dollars in in the United States?" And then plus you're paying how much for healthcare? Well, you might be paying more on a dollar wise for, for taxes, but you're also not paying for health care. So then you're paying less overall in, in the bigger picture. And so sometimes we have to, to look at kind of everything because not everything is black and white. Totally agree with you. We noticed that uh, you mentioned uh, healthcare. I come from Italy, uh, where uh, the, depending from north to south, uh, you have different uh, healthcare systems. And uh, the north is more organized. Already from Rome to south, it can be more chaotic. In any case, also Rome is a very big city. So yeah, question marks. Also, uh, Julie, my wife uh, from the UK, she doesn't have a, a particularly brilliant experience. When uh, we arrived here, um, so our son 
was born uh, in, an, in an easy that couldn't be smoother than that. Uh, at some point, uh, toward the end uh, of uh, the, 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 the way, she, she was controlled uh, twice per week, uh, one at the hospital, one at the, the doctor, so that just to be sure that everything was fine. And indeed, eventually, when we went for a, a checkup, uh, two weeks before the official date, they noticed, hey, it's better that uh, we induce the birth because uh, the, the baby is suffering a little bit. After that, uh, it went so smooth again, uh, everything fine. And uh, another example was uh, just uh, last summer when uh, my wife spotted uh, a mole, that she went to the doctor uh, one week, uh, did the test, uh, after two weeks, hey, it doesn't look that nice. Uh, let's book. It was a Friday. Let's book uh, next Tuesday. We remove everything and you're good to go. And it went in this way. So really, no, no stress, even not. Uh, no, it was just a, a long weekend uh, to be a little bit stressed. But then uh, you are sure that they take good care of you. And that's what you say. I mean, we pay and we pay taxes, of course, uh, based on uh, the income you have and based on uh, the work you do. If you start up uh, with uh, your business, uh, you have just uh, the minimum to pay. The more you earn, uh, the more uh, you can uh, contribute. It's different levels. But then you're really sure. I think here also the mindset, uh, they always say, Secure is secure uh, in the German way. Secure <laughs> is secure, meaning uh, um, if we prevent, uh, if we are able to tackle the problems uh, in advance, uh, we pay much less than then uh, cure and uh, have months and months uh, of uh, medicines and so on. So the approach is uh, is worth, particularly for uh, the health system. And uh, yeah, you pay. Um, you you're happy to pay, to be honest. <laughs> hmm. Well, and the, those tax dollars too, like the, it's healthcare, it's for school. I'm sure some of that goes for, for the schools and, and for those who have children. I mean, of course you want your kids well-educated. Infrastructure, I've, I've been to, to Germany a few times, mostly Berlin, um, but everything seems to be quite organized, clean. I don't recall seeing like a lot of garbage or anything anywhere on the streets and stuff. And so- you know, there, there's, and safe, I always felt safe wherever I went, it, it, it's great. So, I mean, we tax dollars go to pay for that. And so, yeah, there's a certain amount that I think is good to know that, you know, if, if I get sick, I'm going to be taken care of, I can be safe in the streets. Um, you know, it's, it's clean, it's nice. And I'm, I'm not saying that things don't happen. Obviously, you know, there's, we need to be aware of, of stuff as well. And, and not every place is perfect, but um, th there is a cost to to have all of those things. Yeah. I think uh, a cost is one uh, aspect. Uh, I believe the mindset, uh, the mentality that people have uh, also help a lot here. Uh, in Germany, they tend uh, to be organized. They are proud to be uh, clean, safe, and so on. Still, uh, it's uh, what you pay. My wife, uh, now she's uh, totally into uh, rock music and concerts. And uh, sometimes uh, she finds we can go together. Sometimes I stay at home looking after <laughs> our son and uh, she goes by herself. Nevertheless, she can go with the public transportation at midnight uh, at the central station in Munich, big city. And she is, she 
I'm totally sure that uh, we'll be totally fine and totally secure. And that's, uh, she, she has never had a problem a single time. And uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful for her as a woman. It's beautiful uh, for us having a kid of uh, eight uh, who can really just go across the streets uh, and nothing happens. If something happens, you show that there is uh, someone who says, hey, are you okay? Do you have any problem? Did you lose your mom and dad? Do you need to find someone? So it, it's a nice way to live here. Right. And so what, what would you say are some of the biggest differences between Germany and Italy, or, or more specifically Munich and Rome? Because there's a lot of people that, like me, as, as before we started uh, recording, and I was like, oh, I love Italy. And it's like, it's, it's a great place. And, you know, I think, especially from North America, we really kind of romanticize Italy and Paris and certain things that there's just, you know, we, we think of all the good positive things. So what, um, what were some of the reasons, like, I know you talked about, like, you've just traveled and you know, you can expand, but what are some of the main differences that maybe you like and dislike between the two? Sure. Um, you know, Munich uh, is seen as uh, the northeast uh, city of Italy, so we're quite close, uh, even if not much. But when I started uh, in Germany, so my life 2.0, the original one, was in the North Rhine-Westfalen, so northwest uh, of Germany. It was really quite far away, uh, starting from the weather that uh, it's uh, still, uh, I mean, still uh, challenging. Particularly over there, you really have uh, many days of uh, gray rain and so on. And uh, yeah, coming from uh, Roma, where uh, we have cold maybe three days per year, and then uh, the coldest days are uh, 10 degrees plus Celsius. So it's, uh, it's quite comfortable. So yeah, the weather is still a, a little bit of a challenge. But then again, you try to see the positives, particularly here in Munich, we have the Alps uh, one hour from here. You take your skis, you go there and you enjoy skiing. So you need to adjust a little bit. I guess one of the points that uh, I'm not adjusting, not compromising too much is about food. And uh, yeah, food is quite difficult. I know it's a stereotype. I like pasta, I like pizza, properly done. Eventually, I end up doing my own cooking on my own so that I'm sure of what uh, comes in. And uh, yeah, when I come back, I have to say also, coming back and going to restaurants, uh, I see, I don't know, the quality is maybe different or I'm getting older. I like to stay with my mom. I prefer my mom's cooker and that's it. The way she cooks is fantastic for me. I would stay all the time at home cooking with her. Um, but yeah, otherwise I think life here is um, is fantastic. The work possibilities are uh, yeah, in general higher than uh, uh, than in general, uh, I think in many other countries uh, in the world mm -hmm. uh, that they saw. So that uh, makes a huge difference. Uh, uh, on one hand, I like working. Uh, on the other hand, uh, work is sometimes uh, one of the basic aspects to, you know, to feel uh, safe, uh, to gain uh, your uh, no, life starting uh, in, a, in a country and uh, going on. I think uh, right now I enjoy more going back uh, 
to Rome where I am and uh, we have uh, also a house at the beach nearby just more for uh, holidays uh, where you really have mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned you have just uh, the positive aspects uh, you have the beauty of everything uh, only the sunny days and then when uh, it comes to yeah come back and work and uh, maybe have a uh, more than a the real life, if you want, uh, and uh, also to grow uh, the kids, uh, I think here is a is a great combination. We said the uh, education system, uh, um, safety, uh, healthcare, they are all aspects that uh, on the long run uh, make uh, you feel choosing Germany over, to be honest, over many, many, many other countries. Hmm. And that's one thing I was going to ask you too, was was the education system there? Um, obviously, it's it's going to be quite, quite good. Um, do you think it's better than in, in Italy? Like, I don't know if you have brothers and sisters, so if you have like nieces and nephews that are in the, the school system in Italy to give a bit of a comparison between the two. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, a bit challenging. I don't know. Here they say that uh, uh, Bavaria is famous for uh, high education or better for kids being particularly smart, uh, hardworking. In my opinion, also compared to the kids, uh, both in Italy and in the UK, they are put under such a pressure since uh, young age that it's uh, a little bit uh, a question mark. So... Yeah. Anyway, I see still the also the positive on that uh, means that uh, the kids uh, yeah, have to choose and maybe to put a little bit more effort since uh, earlier on in studying. But then uh, the, the general the, the system is uh, so worth uh, that uh, you're sure you will gain uh, a good uh, knowledge uh, growing up. And uh, the university also is uh, generally free with the low entrance uh, fee compared, for example, mm-hmm. to yeah compared, for example, to the US uh, or yeah, North America mm-hmm. in general, or also uh, the UK, at least some part of there. And uh, yeah, I think uh, being, uh, uh, so my wife uh, is, uh, speaks uh, English, uh, so our son uh, is uh, trilingual. We try to push him uh, into a private school since the beginning so that uh, he can, uh, so then the school is a bilingual school, German and English, where he can foster these languages. Uh, but that's the only reason. Otherwise, uh, I have many friends here going to the public school and uh, being totally happy because the, the quality is high. That is the drawback of uh, the pressure compared uh, to the other countries. But still, it seems... Uh, something that uh we can afford well it's 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 good to have the the opportunities but even knowing that the the public system is is very good and for university i mean like you had mentioned in in north america um you know kids will go to i shouldn't well yeah they're still kids they might be adults young adults (laughs) they go to university um and they they come out tens of thousands of dollars in debt, some even more, depending upon how long they go to school. And then they are, they're spending 20 ish years or, or more trying to pay off this university debt. And right now it seems that even though they go to university and they get the degree, there's not, not a guarantee that they're going to be getting a good job to kind of make up for paying for, for all of that, there was, I want to say, I don't know if it was a, a Facebook video or or Instagram post or something. It was just in the last few days that I saw and a, a girl was um, 
having a bit of a, of a meltdown in, in, a, in a way of just, she's like, I've gone to university. I'm like $80,000 in debt. Um, I've graduated. And she's like, and I'm making more money as a server at a restaurant than I could be getting in the field that I went to school for, because to start, they won't hire you without experience, but you can't get experience if they don't hire you. So now I'm at a, at a serving job because I don't have experience to get the work. She's like, but that's what I went to school for. And it's kind of that vicious cycle. And it's, and it's hard because then, you know, they get stuck in that, that cycle of, um, you know, what do you do? It's a bit sad. Uh, I believe uh, the system, uh, the university system uh, changed uh, a little bit uh, over the years. uh, And uh, in the past, uh, maybe working more for uh, companies. So the students uh, used to go from the university to big companies or companies and have a job there. And then uh, it made everything sense, everything sense. So that uh, you go, you get your job, uh, you pay your loan back uh, and that's okay. Right now, where uh, the crisis is hitting strongly, and sometimes you see, particularly in the IT sector where uh, I am, uh, you see how you can even gain uh, specific uh, know-how without uh, having to be five years uh, in a university that uh, then, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, will create you a debt that you have to pay over 20 years. Uh, so that uh, I think things are changing a little bit. Also, maybe with the internet, uh, people have uh, easier access uh, to knowledge, uh, to read, to know what to, uh, maybe the specifics that uh, they can use immediately. Anyone almost can create uh, their own job based on their passion and being successful on it. So then, uh, the question mark becomes, okay, is it really worth uh, to spend so much time into universities or not? Uh, I think also depends a little bit on uh, the character of the, the students. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, no. You yeah, and it. I mean, some some people may need that have to go to school to get up because they just don't, they don't kind of have that drive to push themselves. Like it's, you know, if, if we have to go to school, we have to go to job, we get up at whatever time we need to get up at. If we don't have to, a lot of us, and me included sometimes on the weekends, or it's like, if I don't have an early morning, something, you know, we sleep in a little bit, you know, like that's normal human nature. And so some, some people need that. And obviously, depending upon what career path they're taking, university is important. But I also think it's very interesting, though, like they make it so much, but we have to think the education of students is the future of the country and so that's why i think like places as you said within germany you know where where the cost of university is low that's beneficial to the country because then if you know if it's free it's even better even low because then all your people are going to be educated and that benefits the country moving forward because everybody's being very well educated I totally agree. Once again, is uh, you know, coming back to how much tax uh, you pay. But then if uh, everybody yes. can benefit uh, and uh, you have more an equal system uh, where everybody can access uh, the same uh, resources, the same information, the same mm-hmm. know-how, then everybody has uh, the possibility to grow based on their own wishes. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, no, they may need uh, 
a support uh, and a direction, and that's fine. Or sometimes uh, they want to study more, or they even want to be very specific uh, in their uh, field and uh, get uh, a doctorate after that. And for example, here also the PhD is uh, the period when you study for it uh, is uh, well recognized. Uh, and uh, proportionally well paid so that uh, it's almost like having a, a, a proper job. Uh, so, I mean, it's nice and uh, it allows the different people to follow their passion, their vocation. So it seems nice. No, I think uh, I, I think it is great. And um, I, it would be great if more more kind of countries took that that lead to to do that but for for people who are thinking about relocating and moving that for them that might be something to consider if if they have kids to think okay well i have kids you know what school university where that could be one of those things that are important for them to to think about with a with a relocation um and and then the language um as well learning learning german i don't believe is is that easy Okay, here we can open, <laughs> you know, all the jokes. Uh, <laughs> you don't need a life to, to learn German. It's too short. Uh, but yeah, it's really challenging. It's also true that, uh, you know, also uh, with uh, people seeking asylum uh, from abroad, uh, Germany has uh, worked a lot uh, to be inclusive and to get uh, everybody and give uh, the basics, uh, including language courses. So that, uh, yeah, if even if you are a normal family thinking to relocate, you can be sure that uh, the government will support you in learning the language because it's seen as a proper mean to be part of the community. You want to be integrated. Mm -hmm. You want to understand what's going on. You want to interact with uh, the locals. And um, that's, uh, again, it, sort of easier way to, to be integrated. I think uh, sometimes uh, when you compare with the US, uh, maybe the uh, size between US and uh, Western Europe uh, is comparable, but then uh, the language uh, makes uh, a huge difference. Uh, it's not that uh, you can easily move uh, in the EU if uh, you don't have uh, the language. I was lucky enough uh, because in IT, English at the beginning is uh, the, the international language and it's fine to start. Uh, but immediately after that, uh, you really need to spend time uh, in learning the local language if you want to communicate, if you want to be well integrated. And uh, again, Germany is one of the countries that helps you with that. That's that's great that they, they do that. I know in, in Barcelona, um, they will help with Catalan because... They, it's it's part of the Catalan region. So for anybody who wants to learn Catalan, they can get free free Catalan classes. Um, Spanish, unfortunately, though, there's no free free Spanish classes that I'm aware of anyway. But but it's true. Being like my Spanish, I'll admit, is still horrible. Like it's it's not great. I I do I do practice a bit, but I, I travel quite a bit, so I'm in and out a lot. My excuse anyway that I always use. Um, but it does make a difference. It's, it makes a difference. Even there was like one time I was on the train, train had stopped and they made some announcement and I'm like, I have no idea what, and then some people were getting off. Some people were staying on and I'm thinking like, I don't know what's going on. Should I get off? Should I stay on? Like, I don't know. And, and sometimes it's just things like that. Of course, dealing with all government things, the local language is required. Um, 
but yeah, just day-to-day life, it it is a lot easier. Um, and, and some things just don't translate. There's, you know, there, there's just things of conversations and, and stuff. It's, it's like, what does that mean? They're like, well, it doesn't, you know, there's not really a word in English for that. And so it does make it more integrated and, and your experience better um, with learning the, the local language. I agree. I find uh, just yeah, even nice uh, if uh, you just go around the corner for the grocery or so and uh, you can have a, just a quick chat uh, with people. I think it makes you feel more uh, really local. Uh, now it's uh, we organized uh, with uh, the neighbors uh, just to have uh, something, uh, drinking something together, a little bit of biscuits and uh, just share a little bit of moment together. I think it's nice. It's really just uh, make you feel part of, uh, of the community. Do you find Absolutely. it so that, uh, challenging uh, to learn Spanish? Um, yes and no, uh, because it is quite different from English in the fact of everything's masculine, feminine, and we just use the in English, which is very easy. But then there's a lot of words that are very similar. Um, so just kind of the ending changes. So word-wise, it's not too bad, but the sentence structure is a little bit different. So there's parts of it that I'll have days that I'll be like, oh, I'm getting this. I'm, I'm doing good. And then the next day, it'll be, I don't understand anything. What? <laughs> like it's. But my problem is my inconsistency. And, and with learning a language, we need to practice every day, to, to be honest, and not, you know, like 15 minutes. Like it, it really does need to be more. Once I think a good base is done, then to keep it, yeah, 15, 30 minutes is fine. But the initial, I have not been as consistent as what I need to be and put in the time to, to learn it. And that's, I mean, that's just all on me. I, I can't blame anybody but me for that one. I wish I could. It's somebody else's fault. <laughs> no, it's, it's it is just me. And I mean, and the the Spanish language is a great language. And and there's, I think I read one time, twenty two countries that speak Spanish. So there's there there's a lot. So I uh, I definitely need to. And I have been practicing every day recently. I've I, I've been doing a little bit every day. I probably should be doing more, but I'm I am practicing a little bit every day. I'm. I'm going to be heading back to Spain um, in a little over a week. I'll be there for for a month, um, and so then then that way I'll I'll get some rest. So I thought, okay, I gotta gotta get practicing more to to use it more. But it it is challenging. I do think it's it is harder to learn a language when you're not in the country that speaks that language. So for me, being in Montenegro, practicing Spanish, I just practice by myself because here they speak Montenegrin, which is a form of Serbian. It's very similar um, to Serbian. Um, and so there's, I mean, there's not a lot of Spanish speaking people and I don't speak any Serbian at all. Um, it's a, it's another one that's kind of tough to, to learn um, or Montenegrin. I have to be careful because some people get offended if I say Serbian and they say they speak Montenegrin. Um, but from my understanding, the difference is, is basically like, well, it's like Spanish or like English. British English compared to North American English. There's some words that are different, some things that are different, but they're very similar. If you, if I speak one, I would understand um, the others. But yeah, and so it's, yeah, I, I just try to learn all languages. Like, it's just too much. And I just need to prioritize one. 
Um, and one, it, it should be Spanish that I do prioritize because it's just more widely spoken. Um, and, and that's why with living in Spain, some people are like, oh, you need to learn Catalan. And I thought, no, no offense to anybody, but it's just such a small region that it's more beneficial for me to first get Spanish down and do that because more regions and area. And then once I get that, perhaps to work on Catalan, if I'm going to be there more kind of full-time or long-term, but at this point, I don't see that happening. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I think consistency then uh, is the key. I also noticed when uh, I was really exposed uh, to work with uh, German people speaking German for a few months in a row, that's when uh, something clicked. Not that I really speak or <laughs> talk properly, but still at least we were able to understand each other. And sometimes it's also, yeah, it's what you say, you try to find the similarity. Every time I'm uh, in Spain and uh, we try to speak English, after the first two sentences, we switch, they speak Spanish, I speak Italian, and we understand each other properly, and it's just... Yes, well, they're goes. very similar. It is, yes. it is, it is. And, and I think, I mean, people who speak more than one language, they also understand how hard it is to speak another language. And so there, there's always that, oh, at least you're trying, right? And and there is that effort. And we don't have to be completely fluent for people to understand. Like, because if we think of all the words that we use in a sentence, a lot of those words are kind of filler words. Like, I don't have to say, oh, I need to go to the doctor. If I just put in like, I need doctor, we, we get it, right? It's it's broken, it's not perfect, but people will understand. And so it is a little bit of, I don't wanna say something really bad or sound stupid, but as we learn, we, you know, it'll be broken and it'll be small and 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 it works, but yeah, it is a lot easier when you're immersed in it and you hear it all around you um than trying to learn a language from another country it's just i i know people that do it and i think some people as well some people have a natural talent for learning languages i know a couple people that speak five or six languages not completely fluently but, but quite well for all of them and i think it's just some people have that natural ability um that they pick up on it quite easy uh but consistency absolutely is is what's needed and i need to work on that I guess, yeah, sometimes it also depends on what uh, goals you have. Sometimes you also need, uh, maybe you want to have uh, just that basic level to communicate with people, because as you mentioned, that and they will understand you. And uh, uh, sometimes having uh, an international background, uh, people will recognize that and uh, they will be even more patient with you and they will be happy to, to let you practice. Uh, I remember at the beginning with uh, my bad German, uh, I'll try to explain that uh, my mom uh, was uh, 60, but then uh, within the new sounds that we don't have in Italian, uh, it came out, it sounded uh, in uh, in German like uh, my mom is uh, sexy and not sexy how it should be, but you know, it's fine. You have a laugh, uh, you see people getting red, and they don't want to tell you, you say something. Really to me. Uh, it's fine, you have a laugh all together and that's fine. Right. But, you know, and it's it's interesting, though, because sometimes when we make mistakes like that, like we, we're just like, oh, that's not what I mean. And we never make it again. Like when we get that kind of in, embarrassment mistake, even though it wasn't that bad, like it was funny and you laughed, but 
you probably didn't make that mistake again because sometimes those are the ones that it's like it burns in us to not like that's what that means or I need to work on the sounds but and it's very hard because some some sounds of of words that are completely different words in any language are very similar we we have it in English there's many words that one or two letters they sound very similar but just that little bit and they mean completely different things yeah, totally when we go to Scotland, uh, my wife goes around and says, okay, now you read the instructions. What, what is that city? What is <laughs> and, you know, no, they have Edinburgh, which is, for me, it's Edinburgh. So if I read it and you go on and on, I mean, that's how it is. That's fine. And uh, you just get uh, the funny part of it. Right. And and that's that's part of a thing to remember, too, though, with languages as well is in different languages, letters are pronounced differently. And so even sometimes here on the podcast, I'm talking to somebody like before we get started and before recording, and I'll always ask about the name because depending upon where they're from, names can be pronounced differently as well. And and the, the spelling is the same, but it's like, oh, well, we pronounce this letter this way or this letter is said that way. And and so it, um, you know, it just kind of adds to... To those those challenges but i mean they're all good there's um a saying and i don't know where uh where i heard it and it, it was quite some time ago but it was basically if we're not challenging ourselves and and growing and like using our brain to learn new things we're, we're just slowly dying like our brain cells are dying we will forget things more and so whether we're learning a language or a sport a musical instrument, like anything that's new, it keeps our brain sharp and we should almost always be trying and, and learning new things. And that's part of moving abroad. When you move to a new country, everything is new. Even, you know, even if there's similarities, it's still getting to know the street names, going to the grocery stores, which grocery stores have which things. And and it's like an overwhelmingness of, of everything new. But it's also very enjoyable too. Totally, it's fascinating. There was a, a research uh, I saw a few weeks ago where uh, they took a uh, kids at different age uh, that speak uh, speak different languages. Some uh, only one, some uh, two, and they noticed how the brain was uh, changing, was developing in different areas more depending also on the age so that uh, if the kids uh, were learning a second language uh, uh, at the age of four uh, which seems already quite early there was a certain development if they were learning when they were two there was a, a bigger more important development of the brain and uh, then uh, also that reflects uh, later on when they can learn uh, further languages much easier than uh, no, than when you are adult so it's um, it's just fascinating it's what you say and it keeps you fresh and sharp yeah yeah it's the the human brain is very interesting for sure. And, um, and I think too, just with, with travel as well and moving, we just were, we're open to different things as we were chatting a little bit earlier about, um, you know, why every country does things that we're like, wow, that makes sense. And every country does things that make us think sometimes like, why would you do it that way? That doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and, and sometimes it's just then going with like, okay, well, this, this is the way it is. It makes sense. Great. It's, it's good. And, and those things work. And, and there is no 
perfect country. I, I don't believe in it. Maybe some people, they might find a place that's that's perfect, but I've always found in all the places that, that I've lived, there's um, some pros and cons. I don't necessarily mean cons in a bad way, but just challenges. And, and sometimes it is that, well, why would you do it that way? Like this country does it this way and it's, it's so much easier, which is one thing I'll never understand. I always think of like countries, the way that we do things that they're all are they're all different and some are more advanced than others but i just don't understand why sometimes some countries choose to do things the hard way when it's when it's known that it works an easier way and makes more sense but that's... i agree with you we're <laughs> talking about uh, opening business uh, it's uh, an in the interest uh, of the country to boost the economy to welcome uh, new enterprises, uh, new activities, new business. Uh, they flourish, they give uh, uh, other people uh, a job, uh, they pay tax, uh, it's all positive. Nevertheless, uh, you see that uh, there are countries with uh, a certain mindset, they open up, they maybe loosen the rules uh, just to welcome uh, new people to create their own business. And uh, I think North America is uh, one of them. And uh, other countries just, uh, tend to shut down these initiatives and uh, why do you want to do that? And uh, as you mentioned, then uh, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, each uh, mindset, each approach uh, works uh, best uh, in some conditions. Uh, then maybe you may want to restrict a little bit. You may want to have more a conservative economy. I mean, if that's your goal, uh, that's also fine. The important thing is uh, you're conscious of, uh, of what you're doing. Um, otherwise, uh, for us, uh, having a more an international uh, mindset is just beautiful to see how people think and uh, to reproduce the same thoughts, the same approach so that uh, we can benefit from the same uh, mentality when we need. So we are uh, in control and uh, we can decide what works best for us uh, in each moment, in each situation. Absolutely. And um I, I just want to ask for, for our listeners who are maybe considering a move, but, you know, they're not too sure. They're a little bit nervous about it because, you know, it's, I get it. It's the fear of the unknown. And sometimes think, what if it doesn't work in our, our brain, which is, as we said, very interesting, always tends to lean towards the negative. What if it doesn't work? What if I can't do whatever? But what would be a, a piece of advice or, or a couple tips that you would give somebody that, you know, they're wanting to, but they're just a little bit nervous about taking that step to, to move abroad? Sure. I followed uh, recently uh, an entrepreneur uh, course where uh, they say that identify well uh, what is uh, the risk uh, that uh, you're willing to accept. So then uh, just consider that uh, in advance. What uh, can be wrong? Now, if you move to another country, what can be the worst case scenario that uh, you cannot accept? And then work uh, around that in a way that uh, it doesn't happen. Or if you see that you're going to that direction, you just stop uh, earlier enough. And uh, I think if you move country, is uh, is exactly the same. What is that uh, you cannot uh, really afford to? And uh, if you think in this direction, uh, you may consider that... Uh, what is really the worst case scenario? You go to a new country, it doesn't work out uh, after six months or one year, you come back to your home country. 
Is it really the, the worst that can happen? You lost uh, one year of your life. Uh, yeah, considering that uh, probably the experience you gain uh, moving in another country is so much high that even if uh, you lose one year, it's still worth. Anyway, I see many people really moving uh, and could be to Germany or many other countries. You just need to have uh, the open mind uh, to adjust a little bit. You go to a different country, try to embrace uh, what you see, what you hear, the feelings that you have, uh, the people around you, and try to make the best out of it. And uh, really, that's it. We live uh, in, a, in a world that is so well connected uh, that maybe if you go there and you don't like, uh, you may find another opportunity to go somewhere else uh, or, uh, again, to come back and uh, uh, bring back with you the experience uh, you have. Uh, if not, uh, work-wise, at least at personal level, I'm sure. And uh, in any case, uh, also so people uh, really who did uh, what I thought to do, so going abroad for a short period of time, one year, five years, and then coming back. Anyway, they are so much uh, enriched that uh, only for that uh, the experience was worth. Uh, I have to say that uh, um, I see many more people uh, moving uh, and staying rather than coming back. So if uh, if you're ready to consider the risk is more that uh, you like so much uh, to be somewhere else, uh, to be abroad, that you will stay. And uh, if you target uh, countries that uh, you love, could be you know, the well-organized Germany, could be sunny Spain, uh, could be whatever you want, but just uh, with uh, the value that matches what you like, uh, you will just uh, be happy in the, in the new place. So just... Uh, be be open uh, to to the new experience uh, and enjoy what comes in. I agree, and I think that's great. And and you're right; it's a kind of worst case scenario. You can always leave to go back, or maybe it's just not quite the right city, right? Because even even sometimes, like in in Germany, for example, each city has kind of a different vibe, different things going on. Things are some are quieter, some are more party-ish, summer more, you know, cooler weather, warmer weather. I mean, sometimes we have to think of that. So it is narrowing down. But um, I I haven't met somebody that has regretted moving abroad that I know of anyway. I'm, there may be people that have, but um, I, I think you're right. Most people who say, oh, I'm just going to go for a year or two, they end up being longer or they continue to move and enjoy other countries as well. So I just want to say thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I know our listeners got a lot of valuable information. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a pleasure and uh, good luck everybody who wants to have this step.